Thank you for tuning in to episode two of SEC Fan Talk by SEC fans for SEC fans. Today you have Mr. Luke Alsop and myself, Brandon Bird, leading you through this episode. We have a couple of topics to go over, starting first with the SEC kickoff countdown. Luke, what do, what do we add on that? Are we 18, uh, 18 days? Is it 18 or 16 days away? I think we are at 16. 16 days. And 18 hours. That's right. There we are. 16 days, 18 hours, four minutes to just get technical. Keeps creeping up on us and can't get here fast enough. Well, uh, we'll have to swap a couple of these topics around. Topic two was going to be the FBS, uh, you know, the college football week one. Um, Even though it's non-SEC, just a couple couple little topics that we need to, to bring up. First off is because we're in Middle Tennessee, let's talk about this Army in Middle Tennessee. <laughs> let's not talk about it. Let's just say where were they? I, I don't know. I mean, I really thought that MTSU would be able to put up some semblance of a fight in this. And that there was none. Um, they they were hindered as far as their practicing abilities leading up to the Army game. But still, I, it's no offense to Army, but it's Army. Um, MTSU should have been able to put up some sort of fight against these guys, but they didn't. I mean, Army just put the boot in the neck and... Didn't let up the entire game. It's a real shame for Middle Tennessee as far as their program moving forward because if you can't put up a better showing than you did against Army, then you're going to have a tough season ahead. A very tough season indeed. Uh, The next notable mention is BYU. BYU. They... They looked impressive. Everyone who said that the Vol season was over last year because they lost to BYU, that was a preseason conversation that you and I had that was, what is the team, because you know there can be upsets, what is the team that's going to come in and take advantage of Tennessee? And last year that was BYU in the second overtime. They have uh, claimed major victory over Navy in week one, and kudos to them for doing so. It's a big-time showing by Zach Wilson. Big-time showing by Zach Wilson. They had it on all uh, facets of the game. So something that's going to uh, back uh, back around to our first topic is, is NCAA basketball. We want to spend just a quick second on that. Uh, as it will affect SEC. And I know that we're getting into football and everyone's football mindset right now, but we can't rule out what is going to come up soon, which is basketball. Heard today that the NCAA lost $300 million in revenue last year by not having the tournament. Okay? So what are the options for this year's season? One of the things we want to ask our listeners to do is is to go to secfantog.com forward slash forum and get in on the conversation or 
get in on Twitter at SEC Fan Talk. We want to know what your thoughts are on the options for NCAA basketball. Coach K brought up this this morning that he would like to see every Division One team in the tournament. So we have 300-plus teams that would start the tournament. So instead of March Madness, it would be February in March Madness. I think our three options is to have no season and do a whole tournament from from beginning to end. Just a tournament. Yeah. Okay? Um, your other option is maybe just a conference season or a half-conference season and then a tournament. Uh, other people have talked about bubble tournaments, individual little bubble tournaments, and somehow winners of those may be playing in another bubble tournament until we get down. What My thing is, do we have the time to do it? For, for options B and C with tournament or conference play or individual, do we have the time or do so many people get uh, infected that they cancel the tournament and it's late in stages? I think personally that we just do nothing but a humongous tournament and what a Cinderella story that would be for a team who normally doesn't have a chance. Every team gets on a hot streak and gets going. Yeah. Absolutely. And the basketball tournament is already known for Cinderella stories. This could be even more of one. What's your thoughts? It, it could be. It, it would give tremendous amount of publicity to these smaller programs who never get any television time whatsoever. Um, you know, your Dukes, your Kentuckys, they're going to be fine no matter what. But sooner or later... There's something's got to come to a head. There's no way that these universities can miss out on the revenue stream that the NCAA tournament provides. They cannot. They cannot afford to go another season without that income coming in. You think about it. So at three hundred million, they miss that tournament again. We're over a half a billion dollars out the door. NCAA at that point has to file bankruptcy or bankruptcy protection. Re- right, you're going to redo everything. A, I mean, you're in trouble. Yeah, it, it, that could become a totally different story. I mean, if you're talking about these these schools, they can't even, um, you know. It could cause some of these schools to become insolvent if they don't have the money from the sports coming in. And, yeah, I mean, the smaller programs, they're not huge ad revenue. There's not a huge revenue stream in the smaller schools. Right. However, you know, the bigger programs are going to definitely suffer from it. Um, And if there's no tournament at all, then nobody gets any exposure. No one gets any exposure. Once again, Twitter, at SEC Fan Talk or seccfantalk.com, get into the forum, and uh, get involved. Let's hear what you have to say on it. We've done the first two topics. Topic number three today is SEC news. And while there's not anything too major, it is the topic at hand across the country, COVID-19. What's it doing? Is it going to affect the season? Is football um, going to continue? Is SEC even going to start? Our big thing of that... Uh, would probably be the University of Tennessee has come out just uh, Friday or Saturday and said that they are missing 44 players from last week's practice. Um, Jeremy Pruitt 
said that he's really glad that they're not playing today. That we've had a hard time beating anyone, so it's a blessing in itself. Uh, we don't even know if he had enough players to even start. Um, Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels said the same thing. There was, he said, uh, Lane Kiffin said that there was two SEC teams who couldn't even fill a roster if they had to play this week, and I'm assuming it's them and the Volunteers. Um, so the, the rules, so that everyone understands, is anyone who has had high-risk contact with someone who tested positive is required to quarantine for 14 days. So of Jeremy Pruitt's 44 players, uh, 19 of them have a positive test. And let me note that the tests have a very high percentage of false positives. We're not a political show. We're not going to go into that, but there's a lot of them. And uh, because of those 19 tests, we had another 27 to 28 that were just happened to go underneath the contract tracing. With those numbers, we have a staggering number here from Mr. Luke uh, talking about the positive test at college campuses. Yeah, and I think even though if we, we are trying to stay out of the politics of this, we, we would be remiss to say that they just released um, the numbers of positives um, in college students, and there were 26, over 26,000 positives among college-age students. There have been zero deaths, zero hospitalizations, and the vast, vast majority of all those who tested positive experienced symptoms of a common cold. Take that however you want, but this whole idea of certain teams might not even be able to field, field a team for game day over something like this, uh, I've got a real problem with that. And we could really see that um, this season. I mean, if you've got, if you have one or two players come down with it, and they're defensive players, and all the defense is hanging out together, then you could literally have your entire defensive stat uh, roster have to go into quarantine, uh, regardless of whether or not they have, are experiencing any symptoms or not. Which is what we just had at the University of Tennessee. 32 of those 44 were offensive players. Right. So, yeah, it's, the, it's crazy. They're they're sitting up. They're sitting themselves up for a serious disaster uh, down the road during the season. But we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. Maybe they they loosen loosen up some of these uh, restrictions and some of these protocols um, as it becomes more evident that the college age kids um, are are they have. There's very little negatives that's coming from them, even right. even getting sick. So, so you know, regardless of what you think the answer is, you can't you can't keep down this path and expect for everything to be fine because it's 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 just you're opening yourself up for a serious dilemma coming down the road. And that's my two cents on it. <laughs> That's the major SEC news, and going back to last week's episode, of course we did our picks. Why not? Every show has to do picks. 
some of them, uh, you know, like my picks for <laughs> the playoffs, is unrealistic, but fun nevertheless. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the things we did not get into last week was the week one of the SEC season and the spreads on each one of those picks that we had. Uh, Luke, if we want to go through these game by game, we have first game Alabama and Missouri. 21.5 points, Alabama favorite. Um, I think they cover. You think you think uh, Alabama covers? Yeah. Oh, I, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I. yeah, all my money's going on Alabama for that game. Yeah. I'll give up 21.5 all day to Missouri. All, all day. All day. All day. I would be shocked if it's not double. I, I, I'm really surprised it wasn't around the 30, you know, the 30s, low 30s. Game two, Georgia, Arkansas. 24. 24. Um, I'm going to go half that. I, I don't believe a 24-point spread is, is – Arkansas is, is, of course, rebuilding, struggling, whatnot, but – Georgia still has so many unanswered questions. They do. I mean, they, they that for one thing, that defense that Georgia has is going to be lights out all season. They're returning almost all of their defensive starters from last year. So there's no questions about that. Um, Can the defense win a ball game by 25? That's the big question. You know, how's Georgia's QB situation going to pan out? Are they even going to – have the guy that they even want for game one. Um, they could be starting uh, a kid with zero experience in game one. Um, and, you know, Arkansas, I don't know. I, I, I'm like you. I, I really think that Arkansas might actually cover that. Um, I think there's there's too many questions at Georgia, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me. If Georgia comes out and just blows the doors off of them. But, you know, if I'm putting money on it, I would take Arkansas on the 24 points. Next up, Auburn and Kentucky. Hmm. I think this is going to be a good game. I really do. Um, they've got Terry Wilson coming back at quarterback. And, you know, if he if he shows, you know – the same skills that he did before he got hurt last season. Then Kentucky, you know, Stoops has got them in a great position. He's he's done better things for Kentucky than any coach that I could ever remember. Um, so I, I think Kentucky could surprise a few teams this year. And Auburn might be one of them. Um, you know, Knicks, he, his quarterback play, I mean, he was a freshman last year. So you know he's going to be better this year. Um, Malzahn's really going to pull out the stops. Malzahn uh, loses to Kentucky. He's got big problems. COVID year or not, his seat is warming up drastically. It is. It is. Um, Auburn, their their uh, defensive line is 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 going to be good, even though they lost Danielson and. Um, and Brown, they're still going to be great. Um, but there's a lot of questions. Uh, 
as far as what that offense is going to do. Are they going to put up the same sporadic numbers as they did last year? And if they do that, you know, Kentucky, they're going to find a way to score points. They are. Um, So uh, Auburn better be careful in this game. you know, I would actually – I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards Kentucky in this game. I'm kind of leaning towards them. Uh, Saying it's an upset. You know, I would – well, I, I should say that Kentucky should cover the spread. I think that game is going to be closer than nine points. Um, it's That's a tough one. I, I still think Auburn's going to pull it out, but I think it might be a three- to four-point game. Moving on to – your Florida Gators and Old Miss. A little closer than what I would have thought. It is. It is definitely a little closer than I thought as well. And um, some of that may be the hype that Lane Kiffin puts around the team. That's it's very possible. But we are just a hair over two weeks right this minute, and he still can't field enough for our practice. That's going to cause an issue because uh, me being the huge Florida fan that I am, I consistently, I constantly keep up with what they're doing, and they've had zero, zero issues um, as far as uh, positive test results. And so they're looking to come in at full strength um, and having the most amount of practice time that they could possibly have leading up to game day. So I you know, I would definitely give up ten and a half points because I think Florida might put a hurting on Ole Miss. But it wouldn't be the first time that Ole Miss completely upset Florida. It would. <laughs> <laughs> Another game that's that is particularly closer than what I would have thought coming out is LSU and Mississippi State. Uh, we do know that the West is a very tough uh, battle, and Mississippi State is known for, for giving up an upset, and we know what LSU has, and we know what LSU doesn't have uh, going into this year. So they may have that right on. Yeah, I last week, you know, I, I picked Mississippi State in that game, but I, I picked Mississippi State to cover the point spread. I still think LSU will win that game. But I would take Mississippi State in 18 and a half points, but that's just me personally. Um, LSU, I mean, they've got a ton of talent on that team, but they lost so much. They lost so much talent. And with Javon Chase not coming back, that takes away your biggest offensive weapon. He's off the board immediately. Um, now, they've got they've got plenty of talent to, to pick up the slack, but – I just I, I think Mike Leach might throw uh, throw some surprises at LSU's defense that that they're just not going to be ready for. Um, I still think LSU comes out on top, but I would definitely take all I take Mississippi State and the points to cover the points for the closest game of the uh, of Week One right. SEC play. That's Tennessee be- and South Carolina, and I agree with this a hundred percent. Not only because of you know, how Pruitt is having troubles, you know, practicing, and he says we're not ready to play, is just the history between the two schools going over 
at least the last five years, and, and Tennessee finally pulling one away from them last year. Um, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be very, very challenging uh, for both teams. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's probably it's going to be a toss-up between whether or not the Tennessee-South Carolina or the Kentucky-Auburn is going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, I would probably say it's going to be Tennessee and South Carolina. While Tennessee has shown to have offensive struggles, especially early in the years uh, or, or early on in the season, they uh, the defense uh, grew so much towards the end of last year. They did. If they bring that momentum forward, and they're already you know their, their defense doesn't seem to have any comments by Pruitt as far as missing people uh, or masses of people. And uh, I think if they can hold Carolina to a very low-scoring game, um, which is what's predicted, right. then you know offense is going to have to do something. Either that or it's just a total defensive game, and it's whomever, whatever defense gets the pick six wins. I mean, it could definitely go that way. I mean, it, that is very possible. It's very possible. South Carolina, their defense is going to be the, the – Pretty good, like they always are with Muschamp. He's going to have defensive players back there. Um, so, you know, they're going to show up ready to play. But my biggest question with South Carolina is, are they going to be able to score any points? That's going to be the big question mark for South Carolina. And when I say score any points, I mean, are they going to be able to score enough points to consistently keep them in ball games? And when it comes to those two teams, I'll take Tennessee's offense over South Carolina's all day. I will, uh, with with one major factor who grew and grew and grew through the years, and that's Eric Gray. Oh, yeah. When he gets behind there, he is explosive. Yeah. As, as long as that offensive line can do their job, he, he will do his. Yeah, he's a tremendous talent. And I think he could put up some – Pretty good numbers this year. And uh, last but not least, and we'll we'll say not least by because it's going to be a blowout, uh, or at least it's coming out of Vegas yeah. as a blowout, is the Texas A&M and Vanderbilt game. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a tough one for Vandy. Um, that's, I mean, I'm a big fan of Derek Mason, and you know. Uh, I wish to God nothing but the best, but that is a brutal way to start off the season is Texas A&M because um, you're going to get a healthy Jimbo Fisher team that is going to come out, and they're really trying to prove something this year, I think. Um, so they, it, it's going to be a long, long day for Vandy in that game. It's going to be a lot of points scored, you know. I, 28 and a half, I mean – it wouldn't have surprised me if it was 33 and a half. Um, I just, I, I think A&M is going to cover that spread easily. I do too. I do too. They most definitely. We would love to hear your picks. Please uh, check out secfantalk.com. Hit into our forum. There'll be a link there to put in your picks or Twitter at secfantalk.com. And let's hear your picks. Let's see if, uh, how, you know, how they come out. Over the next couple weeks, we'll have some more guest hosts. If you want to be on the show, please go to secfantalk.com. At the very bottom, you'll see see the subscribe to be a guest host. We would love to uh, have you on the show. 
you don't have to be here we do it remotely and um have we have a, it, we have a couple good guest hosts that want to continue on we have a little surprise that we're not going to let out right now no no cat out of the bag yet but uh, definitely looking for some more people who want to join in um Please make sure to follow us. We thank you so much for listening to episode number two. Please tell your friends. Please get involved. Anything else for you there, Luke? I don't believe so. We're going to... It just keeps getting closer and closer. And, uh, you know, it's... It's, it's going to be a great season. It's going to be a great season all the way around. If uh, As long as, uh, you know... We don't get thrown a curveball by certain teams being having to miss games, or I just hope that we we don't have to see a team forfeit a game this year. That would be very, very upsetting. That would be, it, it's, but you know, it's, it's, and it's probably inevitable. It, I, I, it's going to happen. I just I have a fear that it's going to happen, and I just hope it's not the Florida. <laughs> With that said, thank you again very much. Thanks for listening to Episode 2. Please remember to follow us online, and have a good one. Go SEC. Thanks a lot.